Listener Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk Pod for your Thursday, we preview the huge clash between the Blues and the Cats tonight at the MCG. We bring you an injury wrap of the round, plus abs. We also speak about some of our very own on-air blunders. You certainly don't want to miss them. We also discuss the AFL fashion. That's all coming up. Strap yourselves in. The Footy Talk Podcast up next. Yes, footy talk for your Thursday, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of footy. And joining me today, four-time Premiership superstar, four-times leading goal kicker at the Waratahs in the Northern Territory Football League, plus 2017 AFLW Premiership winner with the Crows, reality TV superstar, Survivor Season 6, sixth place getter, plus Survivor All-Star participant. Abby Holmes, welcome. Listen to you. You've done your research coming in today, haven't you? I certainly have. It's not just a town out the, uh, where is research? West of Melbourne? But uh, I did. I went on Google. I spent a bit of time. And you're, of course, dominating the airwaves with Triple M and Channel 7. Oh, thank you. Just a nice pump up to get you going. Yeah, How are you, Abs? I'm really well, really well. Um, pumped to get stuck into round two. Um, you know, everybody spoke about how epic round one was, but I have a feeling that was just the appetizer. Ooh, that yes. was the entree for what we've got coming our way for round two. It is exciting, and it all kicks off tonight with the Blues taking on the Cats at the mm. MCG, which will be interesting for anyone who's listening to this outside of Melbourne. We're recording just before midday here, and it absolutely pissed down <laughs> for the best part of 30 minutes. Roads flooded, so it'll be interesting to see whether the sunshine comes up and dries up all the rain. I tell you what, the boundary rider for tonight <laughs> is hoping that that rain does subside and pisses off, in all honesty. And who is that boundary rider for Channel 7 tonight? That would be me. (laughs) Do we get uh, wet weather gear? Um, What happens if it rains? You get wet. You just cop it? You get wet. Oh, yuck. Yeah. You Uh, will, um, yeah, obviously learn that throughout season 23. You won't be up in your cushy little box with Triple M. You'll be... Down on the boundary with the elements. You I have it. had a look through the fixture. I've got a couple throughout June. Mm-hmm. Do we get gloves, scarves, beanies? Yes. So you do. That's... Tam in wardrobe, okay. our stylist. Yeah, yeah. She's, She's an absolute guru. She'll look after you. Okay. So tonight's <laughs> game, the Blues v. the Cats. The Blues, a draw last week against mm. the Tigs, obviously gave up a lot of inside 50s, arguably could have lost that game by a lot. In the end, got a draw, could have won that game if it wasn't for the last play. And the Cats were pretty much outplayed by mm. the Pies in the last quarter. What are your expectations going into this one? Well, it was interesting last Friday night with the Cats, wasn't it? They led it every change, quarter time, half time, three quarter time, and then they were just outworked by the Pies with their their relentless pressure, the speed that they were able to get behind the footy and the way that they generated their inside 50 ball. So... It's going to be interesting. Both sides are going to come out firing. There's no doubt about it. But uh, I look at the Cats as well and, and some of the key outs that they've got. Uh, obviously, none more probably important than Tommy Stewart. Yep. He really is, I guess, their general down back. Um, him, Jack Henry, still out with that foot injury. I saw some vision of Sam DeConing as well at training during proppy. the league. He looked very ginger. Yeah. So he has been named to take on the Blues tonight, which is great news, but I will be keeping a very close eye on him because I don't think that he'll be running at 100%. And they're coming up against a couple of Coleman medalists, obviously, in Mackay and Kernow. So for me, I think looking at the Blues, they would have looked very closely at what the Pies were able to do last yep. week. And for me, it is speed. Yeah, you know, for if sure. they're able to really get that ball movement going, catch the Cats' defence on the back foot, I think the likes of... Jesse Motlop, 
Zach Fisher, um, Adam Saad, and, and their leg speed through the centre of the ground is going to be crucial for the Blues. I think that's exactly right. I think the Blues have got the perfect template or blueprint from what the Pies were able to do. Mm. And if we think back to the Blues taking on the Tigs last week, they were very safe with their ball out of the back half, and you cannot do that against the Cats. There was opportunities for the Blues to play fast, so mm. I think Michael Voss will need to be imploring his troops down there to be bold with their decision-making, not yeah. try and – if it's not there, don't force it, but if it is there, to really take the game on – because that's how you beat the Cats. If you're going to exactly play right. safe, you're going you're gonna to end up just kicking the ball back to those defenders. But I think for the Cats, as you touched on, I think it's the first time in a little while, you know, they 16-win straight, finishing off mm. the season last year, unbelievable. A loss in round one where they got 21 points up twice against the Pies. I think we actually see a little bit of their depth. And if they're like a Melbourne, where it's system over, I guess, structure, yeah. in terms of one player out, one player in, doesn't matter who we saw on the weekend for the D's, how good they were, not having a host of players, but the system held up just by bringing someone in and getting that going. I think this is the first time in a, well, the best part of 17, 18 mm. weeks as we touch on that we see that for the Cats. Absolutely. And as you said, the the depth, you're yep. going to have injuries throughout the year. There's no doubt about that. Um, unfortunately, it has come to a couple of their key cogs early in the season. They're banged up after round one already, but we will get the chance to have a look at Jack Bowes for his yeah, first hit which, out in the hoops, which I'm really excited about. He will, from all reports, obviously go through the back line, but yep. also the midfield as well. And young Cooper White, yeah, the second year one. cat, a young defender, he gets his opportunity and listening to Chris Scott speak about him, he's very, very excited. And this is a young man that he kind of sees as a bit of a utility as well. Somebody that he, he'll come in as the tactical sub tonight, but you can really deploy him in any area of the ground. So I'm excited to see if he gets his opportunity, just what he'll bring to this side. Apparently has a piercing left foot. So yeah. we look forward to seeing that. For the Blues, there is an out of course. George Hewitt mm. goes out with a hand injury who was really, really good against the Tigers. 28 disposals. I think that becomes a lot bigger once you actually dissect it a little bit more. You go to the Cats, they have O'Connor who usually does a run with roll. So that'll probably go straight to Cripps, you'd yeah. imagine, yeah. which now leaves Kennedy in there and Chera without the next big body in Hewitt, who was fantastic. So mm. I think there's a real well, a real advantage there for the Cats in that midfield battle. And if they're getting a lot of ball and then getting it inside their forward 50, mm. we saw last week the Blues held up really well, but they were able to give up more than 20 uh, inside 50s to the Tigers. I think just that weight of numbers will be really pivotal in this one. Midfield battle, massive yeah. tonight. I think that's going to be crucial. There's no doubt about that. And you listen to the Cats after last week. They were really disappointed in their clearance work. Um, they weren't good enough around the ball. Their contested work at stoppages. The Pies really got on top in that area, particularly towards that final quarter. But, yes, that's going to be crucial. And with George Hewitt out for the Blues, a big out. But I, I do still think that the likes of, you know, Cripps, Chera, Kennedy, um, they will still be able to have that depth to be able to match it with whatever the Cats throw at them tonight. Did you see today's Herald Sun? I haven't read the paper yet. No, Mark days. Robinson has labelled Harry Mackay as the calamity kid and likened him to Travis Cloak with his Ooh, goal kicking. There you go. He's a bit of a Travis was a, a very good field yeah. kick, a good long range kick, but not overly reliable inside thirty. Is that a touch harsh on? The uh, Coleman medal winner from two seasons ago. He's a Coleman medalist from yeah. the last so 48 he's done months. Something yeah, right. exactly right. So he has clearly been doing something right over the last couple of seasons. Uh, Give the kid a break, yes, I say. a bit of a headline grab, yeah. I feel that might have been. Um, <laughs> righto. Who wins, why, and by how much? You're not going to like this one, but I'm going to go with the Blues. Well, I might like. I do like you the do Blues. Like, I did play like for him for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> um, well, sorry, just before we came on, you said you can have the blues. Yeah, well, the cats, I, I'm going to give you that as well. <laughs> I, it's going to take their best. Yep. Um, but I'm going to run with the Blues by 13 points. I just think that they have a real opportunity if they do learn from what the Pies were able to do last week and, and try and implement a little bit of speed and real direction with yep. their, their ball use in their forward half, then I think they have an opportunity, particularly when you've got Tom Stewart out, Jack Henry's not there with his foot. De Koning, we'll see if he's at 100% or not. Yeah, so Asava Radagalia, he's going to have a big job ahead of him tonight, isn't he? He but certainly is. Yeah, I think it's a big opportunity for the Blues. I'm going to take the Cats in this one. Uh, look, I didn't really like what I saw from the Blues last week, if I'm being completely honest. Mm-hmm. I thought they should have won that game by four or five goals going into it if the improvement that we were expecting had come. Yeah. We will give them a do-over as it is only round two we're up to now. But I think the Cats... They like this fixture the last two times these two sides have met at the MCG. It's been the Cats by 30-plus on both occasions. Mm. I think tactically, if the Blues don't take the game on, the Cats will set up structurally really well behind the ball. And once it goes back in, when you've got the likes of Tommy Hawkins and, of course, Jeremy Cameron down there, coupled with Tyson Stengel, I think there's some matchups that uh, the Blues will struggle with. And I think because of that, the Cats will run out quite comfortable winners by four goals. Mm, four goals, there you go. Yeah, so there's a, <laughs> a little bit of something. Now, there's your Thursday night preview. We'll move along now to a little bit of injury news coming out of the Bombers. There's a bit going on, there's isn't there? There's plenty going on with the Bombers, who, of yes. course, are on top of the ladder. Uh, everyone texting, I'm not sure about you, but all my Nuffy Bombers mates texting saying, can I have finals tickets? <laughs> they might just need to park the bus a little bit. They have a very important game, though, this weekend mm-hmm. against the Gold Coast Suns. Yep. It's confirmed that Jake Stringer is available for selection and unlikely that McDonald, Tip and Woody will play due to soreness after his mm. first game back in a hot minute. Your Bombers. take on all the bomb race? Bombers sitting top of the ladder. <laughs> As I said on, on Monday, I think yeah. it was, they have the opportunity to be in the top four after the first <laughs> month of footy with the games that they have coming up. But Jake Stringer could be a massive in for them. We know what he's capable of inside 50, but also just that that burst of energy that he can provide from a centre bounce. Do you think they play him straight up or do they give him a run in the twos? I personally, just from, I guess, track record and what we've seen, maybe he needs to get some minutes yeah. in, in the twos. I'm a little bit in that camp too, just yeah. to look after him because if he if he presents and goes and plays and doesn't really deliver, and mm. we all should be prefacing this with, he's really underdone. He's an interrupted preseason. It's bloody hard for anyone to come in and have some impact. But Jake Stringer is someone that they just love to turn the blowtorch on straight away. So yeah. for his confidence going forward and any distractions for that footy club, mm. I think give him a chance to get match fit. And yes, it might be at the detriment of your senior team to some extent, but for the sake of it going forward, think the long game, not just the short game. Mm, I agree. I agree. Round one of the VFL, obviously, this weekend as well, kicking off. So let him go back there. Let him dominate. Let him kick a bag of snags yep. and, and then bring him back into the AFL when he's ready. But Sam Wiedemann was also another one that yeah. might have to prove his fitness before the round two clash this week. It was an impact injury on his toe during Ooh, the Hawks clash. He so. was really good. That's he probably was... the best game I've seen him play, to be completely honest with you. He might have played one good, yeah. other good one for the Ds, but I think that's the best game we've seen him play in terms of competitiveness, mm. willing to crash a contest, just throwing your weight around as a big man should. Isn't it good as well to see him come out round one, get the opportunity? Hopefully we can see him get some real continuity in in his game, obviously crossing over in the off-season. And he wasn't getting a a constant, you know, kind of gig at Melbourne. So the fact that he's able to go to the Bombers, hopefully play 
it will be available for every game. I think it'll be really good for him personally and his confidence, but also for the Bombers as a whole. So we go to Rory Lobb from the Western Bulldogs. He's undergone <laughs> surgery and will subsequently miss round two against the Saints. I don't mind this. Mm. I know that he's a big prize recruit and they are better off with him. But in terms of them figuring out a system with Agreed. their four big tools that we saw last Saturday night that didn't work, this forced, if you will, it'll be Norton down their forward line now, Jamara as well. And I think now you have the option to put Darcy either forward yeah. and back with zero pressure to play all three and four. I think this is a really fortunate Mishap, if you will. I agree, because after round one, everybody goes to town on Bevo, yep. don't they? And they say, this does not work. It needs to change. It needs to change. But coaches, they want to give things a, a steady run, um, whereas having this injury to lob kind of allows him to see in a seven-day period from using the three genuine tools up yep. forward to then potentially having the two and then the option, as you said, I think this will give him a, a really good taste of what it looks like on both sides of the the screen, really. Yeah, I, I think if you are a football fan, you go, there's four big tools, why aren't they kicking 15 goals each? That's just not how it works. I think mm. you need to be a bit more analytical in the fact that if you doesn't matter how big your forward line is, if they're not going to places where they can win the ball one-on-one -on -one or have it kicked to their advantage, yeah. in the modern game, it just becomes too easy for teams to sag off if you run to dead space and then come across third up. And that's a little bit of what we saw last Saturday night when they were either working too close together so there was no direct separation and the kicks coming in. I would have, mm. wouldn't have liked to have been one of those tools last week. They were horrible. They were all to the advantage of Melbourne. So yeah. Waitman to miss another three to five weeks ongoing groin problem too, which is a big one considering they need some small forward pressure down there. Hey, you're listening to the Footy Talk podcast. If you're listening on your Apple podcast, Spotify or listener, please hit the like button. We've got plenty more coming up, including the stories we've missed this week. It's the Footy Talk pod. This is the Footy Talk Podcast. Joining me today, Abby Holmes in studio, as we just brush over a few things that we've already brushed over this week, if you will, <laughs> stories we've missed. And we're going to start off with Toby Green. He had an interesting take on how hot the game was on the weekend. Oh, it's one, it's uh, definitely the hardest swing I've ever had. Oh, that, was, uh, that was the hardest game of footy I've ever played, hands down. Give me a spell. <laughs> Give me I love a this. spell. You're a savage. Until you've played an entire season in the NTFL up north. You play 2 p.m. games at TIO Stadium. Talk to me. Temperature? 36, 37. Humidity? 99.99%. Yuck. That's hot. That's 40 in a sauna. I, I understand that it was, what, 34 degrees in 30, Sydney? Probably, yeah. And that was the west of Sydney too. So that probably was up around and 38 a, in the sun. An afternoon game as mm. well. It's and dry. It's dry heat. Yes. I'd take that any day of the week over the humidity. All the uh, heat too from the fans? All the heat, yes. Yeah, yeah just reverberating the 5,000. in that first half. <laughs> they would have absolutely been copping it. But no, I love Toby Green. Love what he does on and off the field. But give me a spell, mate. I, I remember we played a pre-season game in Dubai. Ooh. And it was on a, one of the Sheik's polo fields. We played against Adelaide. We'd come from a training camp in South Africa. We all got gastro leading into the game. Oh, no. And it was the better part of 40 plus. It was <sighs> the rankest conditions, full zinc. It was just cooked. It was – I'm not sure why they do those experiments. That 
paired with gastro. Oh, yeah. Can't yeah, think correct. of anything worse. But if anything, though, we did come out better for it because we sweated everything. You would have lost a few. <laughs> yeah, correct. Maybe I need to take a trip to Dubai and play <laughs> or maybe just get some gastro. Um, the Blues have obviously, we touched on them in the first seg. Mm. We talked about their footy, but their social team have just teased us with something that we need to decipher. You're yes. across this. What was I it? Am. So the Blues released a little bit of a teaser mm. a few days ago and it was a, a, a dance squad or, or some cheerleaders. Yes. Basically, you know, doing the Rihanna halftime performance from the Super Bowl. But if I'm reading between the lines, I'm either thinking that, A, they're bringing back cheerleaders. The Bluebirds. Yep. Is that what the they used to be good? Yeah. 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 Hopefully for good. I love a good, you know, sure. pre-game Big spin, yeah, 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 just a bit of carry on. Or are they bringing back halftime entertainment? Well, that's where I was going because Rihanna, of course, did the halftime entertainment. That's a word, entertainment at the Super Bowl. Mm. So uh, I think it's one or the other, which will be interesting because it was a what a twenty-person dance troupe. Yes, quite large. Yeah, Mm. so that'll be interesting. Obviously. In the, the modern day, it's interesting to see that you've gone down the cheerleader path. We yeah. do have to say that there was both male and female yeah. cheerleaders, so it's not the prehistoric version. I think the Adelaide Crows used to have it when I first started, and that mm. was the... Uh, that was it in a bit. That was just it, yeah. yeah. They had the, the pom-poms and everything. <laughs> Very hard to concentrate. They were almost as famous as Tony Modra himself <laughs> yes. in Adelaide. Yes. Yeah. The great man Godra. <laughs> um, young Sheasel. Mm. He was unbelievable, of course. We saw... It's been a big week. He played his first game down back, 34, had a win, rising star, contract extension. But arguably the most impressive part of all of that was how the kid was in front of the cameras Mm. and the microphone. Unbelievable, these kids stepping in now to the modern media forum and just not buggering up. What a week it has been for Harry Sheasel, as you said. But exactly that. He's so impressive in the way that he approaches the media attention and and the scrutiny around these young players coming in. They're just so media trained. Do we like that? I I don't know. I don't know where I sit on this one because I think from a club's point of view, you'd be absolutely pumped. You with confidence, you can roll them out. Yeah. I think as an industry, though, we love to see it when blokes come in and they're pretty raw. I love the rawness. And and you almost see them develop, and you give them, you know, you can ask them a question and you get a straight up answer. They Mm. might drop the magic. I remember Roel Marshall dropping the magic on the Sunday (laughs) Footy Show, and then said, "Oh, we live, are we? Like these little things that." It's the almost the innocence of the whole thing and them evolving in front of us. I really like, but obviously with the modern young kid, they get so much training from managers from the mm. age of 12. I think that's what you wrote in the group chat. <laughs> um, the pathway programs and all of that, they just come in as true professionals. It does lead me into something, the mistakes that we make along well, the way. Well, that's it. And, you know, we've I've sort of- I've made plenty. Well, we've come through it, I sort of speaking for myself, I had a tiny bit of media training at the Pies, but that was more sort of uh, quasi fake conferences and things, not actual like specifics of this is how you talk, this is what you should say. Mm. And then when you go into this role, it is a sort of fly by your seat sort of industry at some point. You just have a crack. Yeah. And I remember- I obviously did two years apprenticeship in the VFL first and foremost before I eventually got my opportunity um, with the AFL team. And I remember it was Jace Bennett, Nigel Carmody, the VFL. I was so organised, so on top of what I wanted to talk about and and ready to go. And then Jace Bennett throws to me. Live TV. Live. And I just went completely blank. (laughs) Oh, no. Like completely blank. I couldn't even speak. I couldn't open my mouth. I just looked down the camera. And I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. And you know that feeling, that hot sweat yeah, feeling, and yeah, then you just you, want to sink into the yeah. ground. 
that happened. I get you. Um, but also one on radio as well. I, I do have to admit that I've once been thrown to, had nothing. So Is I this on Triple M footy? We'll, just, we'll just say on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> they threw to me, I had nothing, so I pretended I didn't hear them. <laughs> See, there's a little industry secret. These ones. I, of course, uh, and the thing is, it's. I think we're so critical on ourselves because you want to do a good job. Most people at home, unless you don't speak, mm. don't actually understand if you stuffed it up or they're not as critical on what you've said as what you are of yourself. Mm. I did a cross, obviously, live TV working the races for points bet. And as I do my cross, there's a little screen, the odds come up and I sort of speak to them and the fluctuations. And we were trying to organise uh, a trainer who was coming on to set right next to me. So he's walked in front of the screen, mm. <laughs> a head then popped up and I'm trying to read odds. So I just started absolutely rambling nonsense and I did like 45 seconds, producer in the ear just going, rap, and I was like, oh my gosh, that might be the worst cross I've ever done. No one else sort of knew anything about it. No. I assume the Channel 7 people thought it wasn't my best, but yeah. it's interesting when you are live on TV or live on radio and the words don't come out, it is the worst place to be. It is a relentless world as well. It certainly is, and <laughs> especially if you're doing it on Triple M footy where it gets backed over a thousand times. And the final one we'll touch on that we did miss talking about throughout the week the GQ photo shoot that Ooh. some of the stars of the AFL have done. Toby Green features. Bailey Smith. Bailey Smith, Christian Petrarca. Buddy Franklin. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that everyone? Yep. Yeah, I think that's everyone. Yep. What did you make of it? Because personally, I love it. I loved that. We only really get the opportunity to see them when they're sweaty and they're in their footy gear or, you know, pre-game, post-match interviews, that kind of thing. So to see them in a different environment, in their Gucci slides and their Prada tees, I loved it. Buddy, uh, from the article that I read... He rolled in late. He was on the training track all day. He rolled in late. The other boys have been there for hours uh, just doing buddy things, really. The bud just got the <laughs> enough swag just to cover all of those blokes. I, as well, I enjoy it. It's interesting when you jump on the socials. <laughs> Not a whole lot of positive feedback on there, which is a very slippery slope to go down, I guess. But I think it's fantastic, as you said. Mm. Blokes getting out there and showing off a little bit of their personality outside. Obviously, it's mm. for GQ, so they're probably not the clothes they actually brought to the shoe. GQ would have provided you to shoe. Yes. Can you imagine as well, right? So Paddy Dangerfield has been a big, I guess, supporter of this one and yeah. wanting NBA, right? Yeah, they can yeah, roll in pre-games in whatever they want. Their kit, it can be as dressed up or as relaxed as possible. Imagine those four rolling in pre-game. They're about to go out to battle with their teammates. <laughs> In this Gucci slides. I'll lift the lid on something here. So when I was at the Blues in my last couple of years and things weren't going so well, whether it be personally or with the team, and you'd roll into Monday morning and you knew that there was going to be cameras there, the amount of effort I put into my (laughs) outfits the Sunday night, like I'm talking (laughs) matching Adidas track suits, sunnies on, like proper trying to, oh, I'm not sure, what about this one? Like proper fashion parades in front of the mirror just to make sure that when you rolled in, there was just a little bit of X factor because you don't get the opportunity otherwise. You wear your club polo and I get that, you've got to look after the sponsors, Mm. but I took great pride in rolling in with just a little bit of swag, something different. It's like a little schoolboy on the first day of school, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but I got to do it every Monday because there was cameras there because we weren't going so well. Hey, you've been fantastic today. You have yourself an awesome night tonight at the footy and a great weekend. This has been the Footy Talk podcast. Daisy and Abby Holmes bringing you previews of the big game tonight between Carlton and Geelong. If you want to jump on the socials, get us at footytalk underscore pod on Instagram or footytalkpod on the TikTok. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend.
listener.